0: Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And, when, and then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, every good gift, And every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion, and undefiled before God and the Father, is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do uh, thank you for this opportunity of just being able to start this series on the book of James. And we do um, pray that you'll bless our time together as we um, just look at um, the introduction to James and, and, and the background um, to the book, Father, and we pray that you'll teach us. We pray, Father, that you'll soften each of our hearts and each of our minds that, that we would be open and receptive to what you um, have to say to each of us this morning, that you'll just continue um, to equip us for the work of the ministry. For it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Let's bear with me a second. I thought about turning this on right up until crunch time and then I forgot. Okay. Okay, green should be good apparently. Okay, um, so we're going to start the book of James, um, and today is um, we'll just uh, really just do an introduction um, to the book, and um, uh, and we'll um, and then we'll continue the series after the holidays. So, the authorship of James. Um, Apparently, the authorship of James is one of the most debated in the New Testament, um, according to some of the commentators um, that uh, I've been reading, such as Barnes. Um, Most of the commentators do agree, though, that while we can't be dogmatic about the authorship, um, they seem to uh, believe that James the Less, that is, James the son of Alphaeus, um, is the author of this book, um, not James the Apostle. The main reason for rejecting the Apostle James is because he was martyred around 44 A.D. Whereas this epistle seems to have been written around 60 A.D. And that's debatable apparently. Um, but it, um, which one it is, um, has is uh, doesn't have a great deal of bearing on um, the actual um, study of James. And so that's all I'm going to say about the matter if you wanna um, investigate the authorship further um, then um, by all means uh, you can do so and you can uh, Albert Barnes does give quite a good um, treaty on the authorship Um, uh, he gives a good overview of the different views and um, and then he leans towards um, James the son of Alphaeus as the author So the context of James. James penned these practical instructions in a time when the church experienced suffering of its own. Suffering that was greater than most of us um, have ever experienced. And we saw that when we looked at church history, didn't we? Um, That uh, the early church, um, the believers of the early church, they were subject to a lot of suffering. Um, and, um, you know, we've just got to think of what Paul did before he was saved. Um, you know, he, he went around putting into, um, putting into prison those who uh, believed that um, Jesus it was the saviour until um, he um, got saved himself. Um, and so, you know, Paul wasn't the only one. You know, there, there were other religious leaders going around um, doing the same thing and not just religious leaders. Um, James ministered to the believers gathered in Jerusalem, as well as to those who were scattered over Asia Minor. These Christians faced intense persecution for their faith, risking torture, imprisonment, and death. And some may have even been tempted to believe that devotion to Jesus in their situation was impossible. And, you know, sometimes we can feel that way As well don't we and so James wrote this epistle to encourage and instruct these believers while our specific circumstances are different to those whom James wrote to directly our faith still gets tested as theirs did and James identifies himself as brother 20 times in the epistle indicating that he is not only a fellow believer, but also a fellow sufferer. He assures his readers that he is experiencing the same hardships they face. Three times he addresses them as beloved, expressing his affection for them. So he does not speak as a distant authority, but rather as a peer and a participant, someone who understands The battle and fights right alongside them. And so the theme of James um, seems to be well, James offers us specific wisdom on how to live by faith. In fact, the book of James contains almost 60 commands regarding our communication and our behaviour. For James, faith isn't just a theological um, abstract, faith acts. You know, it's, a, it's something we do. Just as Paul emphasises in his writing that our life in Christ depends on faith, James further reminds us that our life in Christ is still a life. It's active. It's messy. It's filled with successes and failures. We are not called to live like Christ in a sinless vacuum. Though we face real world difficulties, those hardships do not excuse us from living like Jesus, where we are right now. With God's help, it is possible to live authentically as Christians, no matter what happens. And that's authentically, It's not we're not sinless, um, but um, we, need, we don't have to be hypocritical. Um, in that we acknowledge to God um, our sin when He reveals it to us. You know maybe you feel uneasy at, at the prospect of trying to obey all of the f- commands found in James. But remember these commands are rooted in God's character. They aren't simply a list of rules to keep. You know so these, these commands that James gives us throughout the book of James um, they're rooted in God's character, and as we know, turn to—we we know this verse, but it's—it's—but um, turn to Second Corinthians three eighteen. Second Corinthians three eighteen, which says, "But we all, with open face, beholding." As in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, as we behold God's character, as we behold God, um, as we spend time meditating on Him in His Word, the Holy Spirit will change us little by little. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes... I don't feel like um, I'm being changed. But we've got to accept by faith. And, and, that's, and that's one of the um, uh, the areas of, um, that we need to accept by faith is that God will perform the work in us. You know, as we spend time with Him in His Word, um, He will change us. The Holy Spirit will change us little by little. It's not going to be necessarily in leaps and bounds, um, but little by little, he will change us into that same image. Um, Where was I? One of my sidetracks. Okay. All right. So with God's help, it is possible to live authentically. Okay, so maybe... Uh, but remember, these commands are rooted in God's character. They aren't simply a list of rules to keep. God gives us key descriptions of himself, almost 30 of them in James's letter, that help us understand and apply what we read. These are guidelines to help us become more like Christ. So Christ's character and nature provide the reason and motivation to obey these commands. Without knowing God himself, uh, faithful obedience seems pointless. So we need to get to know God. So what is the main theme of James? Well, if we boil it down, the teaching of the book of James to one statement, it might look something like this. God offers us wisdom for a life of devotion as we grow in our understanding of his character. Um, So... What are some of the key concepts in this epistle? In this letter, James identifies and develops some key components of practical faith. And we find the following words often in the book of James. So we're going to um, refer to a few verses throughout the book um, just to show where these words occur. I'm um, not going to tell you too much about these words. That will come as we go through the book. But one of the words is perfect. One ver- uh, chapter 1 and verse 4. And such trust have we through God. Uh, no, might help if I go to the um, correct book. Move from Corinthians to James. Let's try that again. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting Nothing. Drop down to verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variable variableness, neither shadow of turning. And verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And then turn over to um, chapter 3 and verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. So this idea of perfect um, involves wholeness or completion. God sovereignly orchestrates events in our lives for the sake of forming us into followers who reflect his glory. These events, both difficult and joyous, push us toward a life of active faith. So that's perfect. Another word is double-minded. Go back to chapter 1 and verse 8. Um, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And then over to um, chapter 4 and also verse 8. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. The New Testament uses this word only twice. Twice. And both usages appear right here in the book of James, which we've just read. Um, As he makes us more like Jesus, God purges our double-mindedness. That is the way we vacillate between choosing Jesus and choosing the world. A divided mind is the opposite of wholehearted devotion um, to Christ. Uh, Next word, steadfast. Uh, Go back to chapter 1. And verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And drop down to verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And um, then to chapter 5 and verse 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So steadfast means enduring or persevering. The wisdom... Um, we find in James anchors our thinking and living so that we not only say we follow Jesus but we actually do follow him. As we rely on his grace and guidance, we can stick to it even when challenges arise. Uh, Next we've got suffering or trials or temptation or weakness. Um, Slip back to chapter 1. and verse two my brethren count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations verse three knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience Uh, verse 12 blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the lord hath promised to them that love him and there's a couple of occurrences in chapter five as well these words describe those experiences where we are presented with a choice to sin or to obey God. James wrote realistically, not idealistically. Um, James wrote to address our practical living, our day-to-day living. Believers live in a sin-cursed world. We face all kinds of difficulties, problems and temptations. Uh, And the world is not content to simply carry on apart from us. It actively sabotages our devotion to Christ. Uh, Next, we have wisdom. Um, Stay here in chapter 1 and verse 5, which says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Um, And then, also in in chapter 3 as well. Wisdom is God's knowledge and perspective that He provides to us through His Word and the Holy Spirit. In many ways, the book of James centres on this theme. We first find this truth in 1 verse 5 where we learn that we need wisdom and that God is the source of that wisdom. Um, And then in chapter 3, James later builds on what God's wisdom looks like. So they are the main um, concepts that we encounter um, throughout the book of James. Um, Now the outline of James. The wisdom of James is deeply connected to other spiritual or scriptural truths. Uh, We'll recognise the topic of wisdom from Psalms and the book of Proverbs. Teaching about the dangers of materialism from Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Commands about holy living and endurance in suffering from 1 Peter. The book of James reads like a small group discussion on how to apply Jesus' words in everyday life. These believers had just heard the truth from Jesus and now they needed the encouragement to put that truth into action. James seeks to help believers answer the question, what does it look like to love God and my neighbour? And the answer has to do with trust. We can expand on this answer by drawing out the following themes um, of the various chapters of James. Chapter 1 um, is about trusting God's goodness. Chapters 2 and 3 is about trusting God's wisdom. Chapter four is about trusting God's presence and sovereignty. And chapter five is trusting God's justice and power. This study aims to help us understand what it looks like to trust God. Um, And so I'm looking forward to... um, uh, going through this um, study in um, Sunday school. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing uh, how many other studies we've done that it has crossovers with. Um, you know, we've just done church history, which, you know, was m- um, mostly about uh, the persecution and the role that the Word of God played in um uh, addressing the um, the problems of um, the main the main church of that time, um, and um, and then of course you know the study that we did a few years ago on Proverbs, um, which was directly about wisdom, um, you know. So uh, had, there's a lot of crossovers with some of the other studies um, that we've that we've done between um, the Book of James. Um, and and them, uh, so uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do um, thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the book of James, Father, and um, uh, the wisdom um, that you uh, teach us about yourself um, throughout the book. And we do pray, Father, that um, that you will uh, indeed teach us about yourself and help us. Uh, to live for you as you would have us to. Father, we, we thank you that um, it is you who does all the work in our hearts and lives. We thank you that it is you um, that conforms us to the image of Christ. Uh, we thank you, Father, that it is you who teaches us the truths of your word, that teaches us about yourself. Um, and we pray, Father, that you will continue to have your way with each of us. We pray that you will continue to Um, equip us for the work of the ministry father that we may be always ready and willing uh, to give an answer uh, for this hope which you have given to us with meekness um, and with fear and we just ask these things in jesus name amen